This is Boss Tone Radio, talk for guitar players, presented by BossUS.com. Hey, Paul Hansen here. Today on the show, we have two guitarists coming from beautiful Los Angeles. On the speakerphone, we have Steve Stevens, who's famous for all kinds of things. One of them is playing guitar in Billy Idol's band and also co-writing some of those huge Billy Idol hits. The other guy we have is Billy Morrison. And Billy is an English guitar player who has done all kinds of things. He has toured with the cult and he had a band called Circus Diablo and all kinds of other really interesting projects. But Billy has formed an all-star band that has celebrity cameo appearances all the time. It's an LA-based band called Camp Freddy, and we'll talk more about that. Well, anyway, these guys have gotten together for the 2010 Billy Idol tour and created a twin guitar approach for Billy Idol's new band, and we'll talk about that. First of all, let's listen to a song that Steve Stevens co-wrote with Billy Idol. Here are some excerpts from Rebel Yell. Are you there, Steve? I am here. And Billy, are you there? You've got me too. How's the new Billy Idol band going with the twin guitar attack? Well, <laughs> I'm the new guy, so I guess I guess uh, I got to tell you, it's an honor to play these songs and the twin guitar thing. I've been a Billy Idol fan for a long time, so I've seen him play with just Steve, and uh, I'm astounded at how great it all sounds with the two guitar the twin thing going on it's great so billy do you um are you kind of doubling steve's parts like playing big rhythms or my i have a question on white wedding do both of you guys play the da 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 that that cool western guitar uh, yes yes we do and i love that if you just keep singing the parts we'll just <laughs> tell you what we do yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just love that. I love that part. Steve, did you come up with that? Uh, actually, I didn't. That was when we did the first Billy Idol record. We, uh, we had recorded about eight songs, and we needed one more. And so 
so our producer, Keith Forsey, had Billy stay in the studio uh, all night, and we were staying at the Sunset Marquee, and about uh, 11 o'clock the next morning, uh, I got a knock on my door, uh-huh. a very inebri- inebriated Billy Idol, <laughs> walked in with a cassette, and played me White Wedding, pretty much um, the only difference, you know, I mean, all that sort of Ennio Marconi guitar thing was on there. That's the guy who wrote the Clint Eastwood music, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, for good the track was pretty much the same. I mean, he had cut it to a Lindrum, so... Wow. I, I gotta say that the song was spectacular, I- even in its demo stage. It's, it's a great song. Steve, during rehearsals, is Billy Morrison doing things on guitar that you don't expect? Um, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> um, you know, we've developed a, you know, this couldn't have happened with any other guitar player. I, I've got uh-huh. to say that. And Billy and I have, you know, developed a working relationship And when I guessed with Camp Freddy uh-huh. and some other things that we've done where we, over the course of the last year, have become this really incredible two guitar team because we know each other's strengths and we know each other's limitations and uh-huh. and we fill the gaps in between us and stylistically I just felt so so comfortable and wanted to continue that uh-huh. so that uh, when the you know call came to do another Billy Idol tour you know I asked Billy if he'd be up for it and uh-huh. um, it's worked out uh, you know incredibly well and 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 also there's there's something to be said for someone who can see things maybe outside of the picture of doing things for 30 years. You know, I've been uh-huh. working with, with Idol almost 30 years. Yeah. So that perspective that Billy M has um, is refreshing because sometimes, you know, the um, the suggestions and stuff are things that I wouldn't have thought of, and, uh-huh. and music's all the better for it. Billy M, you're, you have more of kind of a punk background. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, just the previous questions... Because of the way that Steve and I have built our relationship over the last couple of years, what I've noticed uh, is I will be in rehearsals and I'll play something and all I've got to do is look up. And if Steve's looking at me and nodding and smiling, I'm like, oh, I'll do that again. And if he's looking at me and shaking his head, oh, I won't do that anymore. You know, it's a real, we, have a, we don't have to sit and discuss parts too much. Uh-huh. There's an unspoken... Um, vibe and yes we do fit naturally i have a, a very punk rock background uh-huh. um i i love calling myself a rhythm guitar player and and i and i understand the job of a rhythm guitar player is to provide a bedrock for the lead guitar player and i think that that's what makes me suited to this kind of gig and this gig in particular uh-huh. is that steve is such a phenomenal lead player absolutely that I'm able to provide a bedrock with the understanding, and here comes Steve Stevens, and that's what my job is, and and, uh, and I love that job. Sounds cool. I, I can't wait to see it. Um, you guys are heading out. I think you have a gig in Switzerland at a festival coming up. Yeah, yes. Have you guys done that festival before at, in other gigs? Zermatt? Um, no, we haven't, and it's it's entirely unplugged, which... Oh, really? Yeah, um, you know, it sounds really pretty daunting, but the, the the fact that we did do storytellers, you know, majority of which is unplugged. Look, the, the Billy Idol songs in the catalog is they're great songs, whether whether you know you play them acoustically or uh, you know full on hundred watt marshals behind you, uh-huh. it, it it works. But it's a good way to rediscover 
little things about your own music. So, Steve, you won't be able to do your famous ray gun effect at this uh, festival. But trust me, he gets a ray gun out of an acoustic. <laughs> Only Steve Stevens could do that. I've got to, I just want to <laughs> say about this acoustic thing, David Bowie once said that the sign of a good song is whether you can just sit at a piano or an acoustic guitar and play it. Right. And uh, the experience of rediscovering all these Billy Idol songs like we're doing now for this acoustic gig, I mean, the material is so strong that we're yeah. up there in, you know, there's some iconic acoustic performances like oh, yeah. Chains Unplugged or Nirvana Unplugged. And, you know... I'm the new guy, so I can get to say this. It really is up there. It really is very strong acoustic. Oh, I bet. You guys are um, headed to Europe in the summer. Is that a full tour that you're doing? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, with a lot of festival dates. and Yeah, it's a full-on tour, and then uh, uh -huh. we come back you know, to Canada and the U.S. Uh-huh. Is there any um, chance of you guys doing an album with the, uh, the new lineup? Steve, you grew up in New York, started playing guitar real young. Yes. And uh, I read you attended New York's LaGuardia High School for performing arts. Is that kind of like that movie or TV show Fame? Well, yeah, that's the school that it, that it was based on. But, I, yeah, I can tell you that there was nobody, uh, you know, dancing on the lunch table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me and, and, the, and the kids that I became friends with, you know, we were all from the suburbs, and then, boom, you're, you know, you're in Manhattan every day. And I'd get off the train, and um, the school was on 46th Street, and the music stores were on 48th. So, you know, they, they'd have you do your, your music classes in the morning, and then uh -huh. lunch break in the academic, and the majority of us never went back after lunch. I <laughs> uh, became friends with all of the, you know, the guys in the music shops, and you know, that was my education. And then I met one student who told me about the Mercer Art Center. Huh. We hung out in the city, and then we went to the Mercer Art Center, and the, the show I saw was The Heartbreakers with Johnny Thunder. Uh -huh. I came home and told my parents the next day I was dropping out of school because my education was in the clubs and not, you know, learning about Vivaldi and, you know, the stuff I really uh -huh. relate to. I, I kind of bluffed my way into that school, to be honest. I didn't read music. And I had a uh, teacher who, you know, showed me how to put the sheet of music in front of me and yeah. look at it as if I knew what I was doing. But, but uh, <laughs> I don't, I, to this day, I, I really can't read music. Here's some excerpts from that song, White Wedding. Um, and I'll include the part that I just sang, the, the cool Western guitar part. I've been away for so long, so long. I'll 
cool guitar parts. Billy, I want to ask you about uh, Camp Freddy. You guys created this kind of celebrity super group along with Matt Sorum, the drummer for Guns N' Roses and Velvet Revolver, and Dave Navarro. And how the heck did that this thing happen? Um, well, it pretty much by accident. Like all great things, there wasn't much thought behind it. Huh. Um, and, you know, when you don't overthink something, it usually becomes real and organic. And uh, it literally was, we had, we had an invite to go down and open a hotel in Los Angeles, you know, play a bunch of covers and have a good time. And we did that, and we had so much fun. To, to be honest with you, coming up eight years later, we're still doing it. And, you know, I mean, it's turned into something we never expected. Huh. I think it still carries on so successfully because it really is fun. It, it also spawns a lot of great relationships, not least the Billy Morris and Steve Stevens relationship, which, you know, Steve's been playing with Camp Freddy on and off for years. Uh-huh. And had it not been for Camp Freddy, you know, we might not have developed what we've developed. Yeah, I just uh, was looking at a list. You guys have and- the most diverse group of guys. I see Moby, Ronnie Wood, Billy Joe Armstrong, Perry Farrell, Lou Reed, Nuno Betancourt, Sebastian Bach, Kid Rock, Melissa Etheridge, Dee Snyder, Steven Tyler. Let me stop you there. <laughs> the list is actually over 300 guests. So yeah. Here a while, but yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty comprehensive and impressive list, and the reason is we make sure it's fun. The whole point of Camp Freddy is it's the antithesis of how many units are we shifting type mentality. Just the opposite. Because the answer is we're not shifting any units. We haven't got any units. Do you just call... Actually, where do you get these guys' phone numbers? For example, Lemmy from Motorhead. Did you... Well, you think I'm going to tell you how I... <laughs> on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> to be very truthful with you, we try very hard just to be artist to artist. Mm-hmm. The music business, and especially in Los Angeles, is a very close-knit community of people. Most of the people that have played with us are either our friends, who we add their numbers anyway, or we'll call a manager, or they'll call us. We've had a lot of people call us and say, hey, you know, we'd like to play with Camp Freddy. We don't go stalking someone till we get their phone number. <laughs> Although I, I might do that with Madonna. <laughs> Steve, I, I got to tell you, I'm a huge fan of your playing in the Top Gun movie. I just love that movie. And your guitar playing on the anthem is just a huge part of that. First of all, how did you get that gig? Um, the, the, the composer of the score was Harold Faltermeyer. Uh-huh. And, and Harold was Keith Forsey's partner in the whole uh, Donna Summers thing with Giorgio Moroda. We were working on Whiplash Smile, and when it came time for keyboards, Harold came in. And he mentioned to me, uh, you know, I have this film that I'm working on. Would you be willing to take a look at it? And at the time, you know, this is 
before a lot of the CGI stuff was pretty commonplace. Computer-generated effects. Um, so he showed me some of the footage, you know, the aerial footage and stuff, and, and you know, I, I knew who Tom Cruise was, et cetera, et cetera. And um, basically, all my involvement in that was done after the Billy Idol session at the end of the day, and I probably did all of the work in about three hours. Wow. Um, and, and lo and behold, you know, we won a Grammy for it. And <laughs> it just goes to show that you, you just can't predict things like that, you right. know. Do you recall what gear you used during that session? Yeah, it was all the same, all the same stuff I was using for the Billy Idol record, which was early 70s, 100-watt Marshall, uh -huh. um, you know, one Marshall cabinet. And I think at that point I was using a Charvel guitar uh, oh. maybe with like actually a boss compressor ah the cs1 yep. probably harold had a kind of guide guitar part and you know it was pretty much it was really easy <laughs> wow i just love that movie and your playing's great did eddie van halen also contribute on that song no uh -uh. no yeah and that whole rumor started because originally top gun wasn't available on guitar hero uh -huh. So some kid on the internet had, had uh, you know, cracked the code on Guitar Hero and put Top Gun on there, available for download, and credited Eddie Van Halen on it, not knowing oh. that, that uh, I had done it. That's and not, not <laughs> seen Satriani credited for it. And that's the world of the internet nowadays. Anybody yeah, can say yeah. anything, and then the rumor gets started. Exactly. Um, Here's an excerpt of Steve playing that super powerful Grammy winning Top Gun anthem. Stay tuned to Boston Radio. We're going to keep talking to Steve Stevens and Billy Morrison. We've got all kinds of interesting topics coming up, including an in-depth discussion about their gear. Stay tuned to this 23rd edition of Boston Radio.